Hey everybody, welcome to Conversation Series where we're out here asking people your questions and some other funny questions. Maybe they're serious, maybe they're not. How are you doing today? Look really excited, really happy. Why is it blue and why is there so much? <laughs> That's disgusting. What do you think makes a person qualified to be used by God? Knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's it. That's it. There's no qualification. God loves us no matter what. I think God can use anybody if you're willing to just do what he says. They have to have a devotion to God. You can't just have bring anyone who doesn't know a thing about God and then say you should be used by God. It has, it has to be someone that's dedicated themselves to, to that. I think what qualifies you used by God is you've got to take your, your heart and your head and be open to whatever door opens. I'm so sorry about that. What is your opinion on people giving money to the church? Um, again, I think that it's just kind of something that I can't really say is right or wrong for other people. Um, I personally feel like there's nothing wrong with it. If the church is um, out there and tells us where they're spending the money and what they're doing with it, um, I think that's okay when they're hiding things is when people are wondering what's going on. I was actually just reading on Facebook somebody who was like, I just got this job and my husband and I started tithing and all these people were commenting going, we just started tithing too and now God's like blessed us over and over. We've never been, you know, short on anything because he's always providing. Sun is coming in hot. If you were going to try to talk to God, how would you go about doing that? Or how would you go about hearing his voice? Do you think you're able to hear his voice? I don't I don't think you necessarily hear a voice, but it's like the actions and stuff that happen in your life. He kind of manipulates and guides you in the way that, that he wants you to go. I pray. I pray pretty much every day. Um, even if I don't feel like I'm sitting down and talking to God, I'll just be like doing something. I'm like, you know what, God? Like, <laughs> I'm frustrated today and, you know, help me through this. <laughs> Too big! Staple to the ground. Oh, unfortunately, that's the last one. That's, this is the last week we're doing this. And yeah, I know. It's, we could do that for every series. It would be awesome. But uh, Cody is actually still on. Uh, she's, she's got married last weekend. Woo! She's on her honeymoon, and she didn't even get to enjoy the, the, the labor that she put into all of that. She does a fantastic job. We are in our final week of uh, this series, Conversations. I hope that it hasn't just been enjoyable. I want that, but I hope that it's been helpful to you, and uh, we're going to be finishing that today. But before I go any further, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and, and I know I speak for Kathy and my family, for the outpouring of love and appreciation last weekend for pastor appreciation that you guys gave my family through the cards, the, the letters. Some of you took time to write letters, emails, uh, Facebook posts, texts, all these things, and the gifts as well. I can't even explain to you. Words won't come as to how thankful we are to be here. I have to pinch myself every now and then and just like, Am I really getting to do this and to lead this amazing group as your pastor? It's so encouraging. You guys are amazing. 
Um, but this is Pastor Appreciation Month, and so what I want to do right now is appreciate and recognize all of our staff, our pastoral staff and our support staff. Uh, of course, Cody, you, you know Cody, if you're a guest, that's, she's on staff as our Connections Pastor. Uh, pastor Dan is our worship pastor. Brian, was, you met earlier. Pastor Brian is our children's pastor. Uh, you just met Tyler, our new student and young adult pastor. Uh, Stephanie Painter is our administrative director of the office. And Brandon Ford is our media director. Can you get up? Wait, wait, wait. If, you're, if I just called your name, will you stand up? One of our staff folks, will you stand up, please? We don't have everybody in here. I know Brian's downstairs. Actually, we have like, nobody. There's Brandon back there. There's Stephanie. Will you guys now stand up and just give them a huge appreciation right now? Come on. Woo! Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I could not do, I could not do what I do. We would not be where we are as a church without this amazing staff. Um, So last week we hit three more questions from you. And that's what this series is all about. You supply the questions. And it's not just about my opinion. It's about what the Word of God says about these questions. So everything today that's discussed will be questions from you guys. Um, and so we're going jump to jump into that in just a moment. Um, if you missed part one or two, you can jump online, newlifecanton.com, and you can watch those or our app. If you haven't liked our Facebook page... I think it's probably the best way to stay connected to everything New Life. So if you haven't done that, be sure to jump on to Facebook. And I'll even give you permission to do it right now if you want to. But New Life Canton, search for that and hit like. And we're going to jump in. Let me pray before we do. Father, thank you for your presence. God, what can I say? But thank you for what you've already done in this service. And now I pray that you would anoint your word. I pray, God, that this would become prophetic Holy Spirit, take over in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So three final questions today. Three final questions. And if any of these, and I'll just kind of throw these out. The first two are really, really tough questions and difficult. But, I mean, I told somebody in between, they were like, woo. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I don't know why I saved those till the end. But, I, you know, but why, why do this series if we're not going to handle those kind of questions, Right? Why do this? Because this is real. It's real, and so that's what we're hitting. But if any of these hit you, good, bad, indifferent, but, but just like, oh, I need to know more, let me challenge you. Don't leave it here. Go home. Get, break open the Word of God for yourself and study it deeper before we go. So take notes. Stay engaged. First question, why don't we preach that living together and not being married is a sin? <laughs> I told you. Why don't we preach that living together and not being married is a sin? Well, I do. Next question. All right, no. (laughs) It's not something that I preach every week. That would be weird, and you would not come. So, um, no, but I have, for the last three years, we've had series about family, um, series about relationships, and so I always am very clear about this because the Bible, the Word of God, is very clear about it. Um, this particular question, I think, is talking about um, specifically the, the sin 
uh, of fornication, which is just a terrible word. It's an awful word. It's, like, it's got to be the top ten worst words in the, in the English language. Just don't even say it. It's just awful. It's just a terrible word. But that's what we're talking about because you're talking about some, living with someone. You're obviously sleeping with that person. And, and, uh, and So any sexual relationship outside of marriage. And we know adultery is sexual relationship with someone who's not your spouse. This is with anyone if you're not married. Um, now, there's many scriptures throughout the Bible about fornication, but let's focus on the New Testament, on one scripture in particular about the Apostle Paul. He makes it very, very clear. So let's read that. Galatians 5, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. <laughs> he gets tired of writing. He's like, and the like. <laughs> and the like. If it's, if it's connected to any of those things, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice, everybody say practice. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who practice such things. Now, what I want to tell you is there's a big difference between, and practice is a lifestyle, okay? It's making it a lifestyle. There's a big difference between a practicing something and struggling with something. Because I know, uh, and we've all been there and could be there right now, that you're following Jesus, but there's a particular struggle or two that constantly rears its ugly head in your life, and it's like, God, I keep struggling with the same thing. And, but you love Jesus. You're going after him. You're not okay with it. Come on, somebody. You're not okay with it. You're not giving into it. But it's a struggle. It's something you're battling with. That's very different than saying, I'm, you know what? This is just who I am. I don't care. I'm going to give myself over to it and just not worry about it. Y'all see the difference in that? So there's a big difference between practice and and a struggle. Now, as you can see, there's a laundry list of things that God calls sin. Now, I know that's not popular preaching to call things sin these days. I know we, we, we like to call it issues. These are issues. No, it's sin. God calls certain things sin. He forbids them. And I want you, here's what I want you to hear. He does it for a reason. And it's not to be a killjoy in the sky and to make sure you don't have a good time. He calls them sin and he forbids them because he knows they will eventually catch up to you and ruin your life and everyone around you. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. Let me ask you a question. Those of you who are parents in the house, do you let your kids do whatever they want to do and have whatever they want to have? If you do, you need to be in jail. And I don't ever want to meet your child. Somebody said, me either. You would never do that because it would be destructive to them. Because you love them and you want... It's exactly the same scenario because God is our heavenly Father and He wants what is best for us. Now here's where it gets real. That's all fine and good, and I don't think anybody would necessarily disagree with what I just said, but here's where it gets real. If you're here this morning, and perhaps you've come to Christ recently, 
or maybe not, and you just didn't know the Word, and you're learning the Word for the first time, and learning these Scriptures for the first time, and yet you're living with someone who is not your spouse, but you're trying to follow Christ, a decision must be made. If that person that you're living with out of wedlock is also going after Christ, and you've made a decision together, and you're both going towards Christ, and you know that that person is the right person for you, then let's have a wedding. I'm offering it right here. Not today, but right here for free. You can do it. I could have the staff come in and sit and witness it, and we could have a wedding right here and do it the right way, okay? Now, let's flip the coin. It's a more difficult side. If that person that you're with, you know they're not pursuing Christ, and they're not the right person for you, you're going this way, and they're going that way, and yet you're still tethered, and you're still trying to stay connected, that's not going to work. And so a difficult decision must be made. Amen? I want to, before we move on to the next, and by the way, I don't want to just leave that call. That's that's tough. That's real. That's life. I want to make myself available. If that's something that's happening in your life and you want to talk about it, you want to pray through it, and it need help, I'm I'm saying let, 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 let the church help you. We're here for that, okay? I want, to, I want to say this before we move on. Um, I marry a lot of people, and, and they come to me, and sometimes they're in this situation. They're living together, but they've made a decision for Christ, and, and they're, but they're going to get married. And I won't marry anyone unless I do premarital counseling to make sure that we go through some things that they're the right fit for each other. And if they're living together, my requirement, I will not marry them, my requirement is that if there's not somewhere they can move out, like a parent or somewhere like that, that they can actually move out until the wedding, that they move to separate bedrooms in the home until the wedding. And I've done this several times. And it's amazing. Every single time a couple was willing to do this, after the wedding, after the honeymoon, they came back, and every single time they said, Pastor Allen, thank you. This was the most, it made the wedding and the, the, all, everything just that much more special because we decided and committed to do this. And in one instance, the, the, the woman had daughters. They weren't his, they were hers. And they lived, they were teenagers, teenage girls, living in the home. They'd watched them live together for a long time. And then suddenly they're, they're, they're separating. And it gave her the opportunity to sit down with these precious teenage girls and explain to them why they're doing what they're doing. How powerful is that? How amazing is that? Give God glory for that. That's so, so powerful. It's a hard thing. And if you're in that situation, I'm not making light of it. But the word of God is very clear. But we're also the body of Christ, and we don't want to leave you out there. We want to help you, okay? All right, next question. (laughs) Another good one. (laughs) When tithing, do you give 10% of your gross or net income? (laughs) Can I remind you of something? These questions are from you. (laughs) So can't get mad at me, all right? And by the way, this question, you know, for this question to matter, you actually have to be tithing. 
I'll just do the rest from backstage. <laughs> so the idea of me getting to now teach on giving and tithing and me not having to actually come up with this is awesome. So whoever came up with this question, I'm taking you to Longhorn Steakhouse for a steak. So whoever, um, anyway, y'all smile. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. I found this pic, just to make this a little bit lighter, I found this pic on, on, uh, on social, look at that. Can I tell you, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. All right, take it down. No, it's a fair question. It's a good question. Um, it's probably not the right question, but we're going to hit it anyway because it's going to lead somewhere. Um, but it's actually, this question is actually one I've dealt with in my life, and that's kind of why I took it. Uh, but to make sure we're all on the same page... Your gross income is that number that you wish you got to take home, okay? It's before taxes, before insurance, before savings, and all of that. It's before anything is touched. That's your gross income. And then your net is what you actually get to take home. And, you're, you, you know, it's the one that's very different from the gross, right? Okay? And so I, I was looking at those numbers years ago. And to be honest with you, my attitude was not good. This is the attitude that I had years ago. The net is all I have to work with, so the tithe of the net should be all God gets to work with. Is that a good attitude to have? Is that a cheerful attitude? <laughs> no, it's not at all. Let me tell you, let me tell you what fin I finally learned about giving and tithing that will make all the difference. Look at the screen. God owns it all. God, I got three amens. God owns, say that with me, say it with me. God owns it all, not just 10%. But he allows us to be stewards of 90%. He allows us to be, it's all his, it's all his. And the truth is, if we follow scripture in this thing, when it comes to our finances and our earthly resources, he will bless them. Now, if you've been around here, I know you're sitting here if you're a guest, and you're like, I knew it. Every pastor has to preach on money. He's trying to get into our pocketbook. I knew it. If you just talk to a few of our folks afterwards, they'll put you at ease. That's not who I am. It's not who I am. But we don't give to get. That's not why. That's not the motivation. But, folks, I'm telling you, there are blessings so many. You can't escape the blessings from Scripture that are attached to giving and generosity. You can't. Now, specifically, we're talking, the question is about the tithe. That word, that word literally means tenth. A tenth of our income goes back. We don't give it. We return it. If you get a different perspective on this thing, it will help you. We're returning it back to him. Because it's all his anyway. In the Old Testament, this, this was called first fruits. You're like, first fruits? What are you talking about, Pastor Fred? I don't have, like, an apple? What are you talking about? No, in the Old Testament, in the ancient times, they didn't have paper money. They have coins. They had sheep and goats and, like, crops. And so they would give the best and the first of those things back to God. So we translate that into our time the law of first fruits means that we would take 10% before anything is else is taken out. Not at the end of the month to see if we made it. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Lighten up a little. 
but the first fruits right off the top. So Kathy and I made the choice years ago to tithe our gross income. And uh, I would encourage you to do that as well. This principle of tithing and first fruits is all through the Old Testament. Abraham in Genesis 14, Jacob in Genesis 28. It became law in Leviticus 27. Uh, the Levites tithe in Numbers 18. Um, look at look later on. Look at this one up. De- Deuteronomy 12 is the difference. Everybody say difference. The difference between the mandatory tithe, and yes, it was mandatory. Can you imagine if I wouldn't let anybody in the door who didn't tithe? Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just mean this morning. Okay. The difference between the mandatory tithe and the free will offering. The free will offering is above and beyond the tithe. Last week for Pastor Appreciation, Pastor, uh, I said it again. I said Pastor Eddie again. Our elder, Eddie, took up a free will offering. It's above and beyond the tithe. Okay, that's just one example uh, of many. Now, Nehemiah reestablishes the tithe after 70 years in captivity in Nehemiah 10. Malachi uses some strong language in Malachi 3 when he says, We rob God when we withhold the tithe. We rob God. And in the next verse, he says, You can test God. It's the only place in Scripture where we can test God with something. He says, Test God and see with your tithe, if he won't answer. Test him. Now, some would say, Pastor, that's Old Testament. You know, that's, that's the law. We're not under the law. We're under the New Covenant, the New Testament, and that is absolutely true. But Jesus himself supported this as well. All through the New Testament, uh, in Matthew 6, he talks about the importance of giving, but giving in secret, so that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, and so that God gets the glory, and not you, and not, uh, not me. Now, in Matthew 23, he says, you need to tithe, but don't neglect other important things as well, like mercy and justice and faithfulness. That's in Matthew 23. Look at it. The faithful giver is in Mark 12. Uh, More references to tithing in Luke and in Hebrews. It's all over the New Testament as well. But here's what I want you to hear. I know this is a tough subject. I know it's sensitive. Why? Because money is so hard to come by. Can I get an amen? It's hard. We work hard. I'm sorry. That was... Everybody who was 40 and over knew exactly what I was singing just there. It's a bad song, so don't go there. Um, anyway, I don't, I'm sorry. It is difficult. Money does not, you know, and our kids think it does, but money does not grow on trees. Can I just tell you, I know that. God knows that. He knows it's hard. And that's why he asks it of us. Because he is wanting us to rely on him and trust him and lean on him with everything and not on our money, not on our job. And can I just tell you this? Tithing is not... Because God needs your money. Let me just say it. God doesn't need your money. Tithing is not because God is broke. Tithing is not because the local church is broke. We tithe because it's about our need to give. It's about what happens in us when we are obedient to give. So let's forget about the gross and the net. 
Because if that's the motivation, we're trying to find a loophole to see if we can pay God less. We've missed the point. We've really missed the point. Look at the screen. Tithing is not a money issue. It's a heart issue. It's not a money issue. It's a heart. God is not trying to get in your pocketbook. He's trying to get in your heart. All right, so let me say this before we move on. If you're a follower of Jesus, you love the Lord, but you're not tithing right now, and statistically that's most Christians, okay? This isn't something you need to pray about. God, should I tithe? You don't have to pray that. He's already answered that. But here, listen, 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 listen. It's also not something that you need to be guilted into doing or condemned if you don't. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. So if you want to pray, pray that God would reveal and continue to reveal in your heart, in your life, the importance of leaning and trusting completely on him with everything. Look at me. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. I love what Andy Stanley says about this, about resources and giving. It's real easy to remember. I didn't put it on the screen. Give, save, live. Everybody say that with me. Give, save, live. Say it one more time. Give, save, live. Give off the top, first fruits. Give off the top, and then save. Oh, I didn't get any amens. You're going to need it. Save. And then live on the rest within your means. If that's a thousand square feet, then you live in a thousand square feet. If that's driving a 10-year-old vehicle, then you drive a 10-year-old vehicle until you can afford something nicer. You, yeah, yeah, you get the credit card the offers all the time in the mail, just like I do, and they, they entice you because you know you can go and you can drive off that lot with that new vehicle, but it's going to be a noose around your neck, and I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Somebody, come on, live within your means, create margin in your budget, because here's what happens. If, if you've got a, a, a noose of debt around your neck, the, the, the offering plate comes by and you're like, I can't even do it. I can't even, I can't even think about doing it. So give, save, live. And if you're in a situation where, where debt is, is overcome you, then begin with God's help to change that story. And there are resources that you can use to do that. And we're actually going to be diving into that in, in this next year. So there's the word on that. Give, save, live. Last question. Y'all all right? Those were the two hardest ones. Y'all made it. You're okay. Nobody, nobody ran for the door, so we're, all, we're good. Last question. This one's good. What kind of person does God use? What kind of person does God use? Now, how many want to be used by God? Raise your hand. How many want, I would hope that all of us who have made professions of faith that are following Jesus would want to be used by him. But you know what? That's not really the right question. I would hope that we all would, but the Bible doesn't highlight men and women who simply wanted to be used by God. Come on, the Bible gives us story after story, character after character of imperfect flawed individuals, men and women, who didn't just want to be used by God, they made themselves available. Last Tuesday in our, our, our time of prayer here as a staff, we pray in here for 
30 minutes or so every Tuesday, and then we pray, and then we pray over your needs every single Tuesday. And last Tuesday, I was right back there in that, uh, next to the cameras, sitting down, and I was praying. And I'm telling you, I, I, and I don't say this out of turn, God spoke to my heart. And I say that carefully because I just rarely say it, okay? I rarely say, thus saith the Lord. But he really, really spoke to my heart. Y'all want to hear what he said? I was praying about this question. And he began to show me the difference between wanting something and being available. The difference between wanting something and being available. Because to be honest, I want a lot of things. I know I'm the only one, but I want a million dollars. How about a billion dollars in the lotto? I didn't buy a ticket, but I know a lot of you did. And by the way, if you win, I'm expecting $100 million to this church. I'll receive that. <laughs> I want a lot of things. I wanted Tennessee to beat Alabama yesterday, and if I hear a roll tide, I'll throw, no, no, I'll, I'll throw this table right here. Shut up. Who is laughing so hard? My God. <laughs> wow. You know what? I want, I want, I got an older car. I want a luxury, new luxury car with leather seats and that have heat, they heat, you know, when it's cold and air conditioned when it's, when it's hot and, and it's got that new car. Oh, hallelujah. For the new car. So I want a lot of things and you want a lot of things. That's not the revelation, by the way. We all know that. We, we all know that we, we want some things we can't have. But this is what God showed me. There's a lot of things we want that we can't have, but it sure is fun to think about having them, to daydream, to fantasize about ha- What would it be like to have a private jet? If you have one, then we need to meet and talk afterwards. What would it be like to have a, what would it be like to have a perfect body? Whoa, I'm just going to move on. What would it be... <laughs> What would it be like, seriously, what would it be like to, to never worry about a bill or money again? It's a fantasy, right? But here's, here's, here's what God's spoken to my spirit. Look at the screen. Many Christians put being used by God into a fantasy category. Literally, you're putting the idea of being used, God actually using you significantly into the same category as, as owning a private jet. You're like, man, that's fun to think about. That's awesome to have a daydream about. But you know what? I don't believe it's ever really going to happen. That's the difference. Listen, that's the difference between wanting something and being available to do it. That's the difference between desire and availability. And let me tell you something. Somebody needs to hear this. Being used by God is not about qualification, but availability. Being used by God is not as much about expertise as it is availability. As I was sitting back there praying Tuesday, God reminded me of his word. He said, if you make yourself available. Now, here's the part I want everyone to hear. If you make yourself available, even in your brokenness, Even in your hurt and disappointment 
and loss, even in your shortcomings and failures. If you will just make yourself available, God will use you for His glory. Somebody give Him praise if you believe it. But you have to move. Everybody say move. You have to move from wanting to willing. You have to move from desire to availability. There's examples from cover to cover in the Word of God. David was a teenager. A teenager passed over because of his brothers. But he made himself available And God used him to slay the giant. Rahab was a prostitute. Did you know in the Bible, I don't think there's a place in there that it doesn't say Rahab the prostitute. Can you imagine living your life like that? Every time somebody said your name, oh, look, there's Rahab the prostitute. It's like 25 years later. Rahab, she's like, please, can we get past this? Anybody want to get past your past? Come on, somebody. Like, please, can we just forget that title? But in the Bible, it says Rahab was a prostitute, and yet she made herself available, and God used her, and she is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is so awesome. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were teenage slaves, but they were what? Available, and God promoted them and used them. Esther was a queen, but her life was in danger, and her life and she was threatened, but she was Available and God used her to save the Jewish people. Josiah was only eight years old when he became king, but he made himself, and God used him to turn a whole nation back to God. Deborah was a woman commander in a man's world, but she made herself available and God used her to defeat the enemy. The little boy listening to Jesus on the shore of Galilee with thousands of other people, it seems he was the only one who remembered to pack a lunch that day, but he made it available to Jesus and he multiplied that to meet the need. Before he was saved, Paul the apostle persecuted and killed Christians, but when he met Jesus, he made his life what? And he wrote half the New Testament. He penned the doctrine of the Christian faith. And he planted churches all around the Mediterranean rim. I could go on and on, but here's the point. Look at the screen. God chooses available over qualified every single time. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thought y'all would clap a little bit better for that. I think that's amazing. No, 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 no. It's too late now. I think, I think God... I think that's amazing news. I think that is amazing news because that means we're all in. As long as we know Christ and we make ourselves available, we're all in. What kind of person does God use? All he needs is someone who will say, you know what? I have no clue how you're going to do it, Lord. I have no clue. I don't know what it looks like that I'm going to move beyond want to willingness. I'm going to move beyond just a desire to do something for God. I don't know what that was. I'm going to move beyond a desire and I'm going to make myself available. And let me tell you, because of the blood of Jesus, you are available. You are a candidate for greatness in the kingdom of God. Because of the blood. Will you bow your head?